This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors, uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Create a Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. It is May 10th, 2020, and we have just concluded watching WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yes, 12 superstars climb the corporate ladder to try and retrieve the Money in the Bank briefcases. Find out more next. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And as always, right across from me here, the one and the only Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy. Howdy, Stephen. How's it going this evening? Oh, it's going all right. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Just just swell. Um, I, I believe it will be only appropriate, knowing Stephen and I's thoughts on the show, that we give you a declarative message right here, right at the top of the show. Yes. The opinions that will follow this episode are strictly just our own. Yes. We, we are, we're just going off a of first-hand basis here. Um, I mean, look, form your own opinions, 
watch the show. Exactly. Let us know what you think. Yeah. If you agree with us, sweet. If you disagree with us, that's cool too. That's cool too. Just you know, don't 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 DM us and be like, "Yeah, oh, you guys are wrong." Yeah, ju- just yeah. be nice to each other. Yeah. Be nice to us. <laughs> I guess too. Yeah. <laughs> um cuz um what follows here is not necessarily the most glowing review of Money in the Bank, but we will give it to you nonetheless. Mm-hmm. We we always talk about uh you know, trying to be fair. Um Yeah. I would say I would say we're we're pretty fair. Um I'd like to think so too, uh for sure. I know there's some people that uh, might think we're a little hard on WWE in mm-hmm. particular. Mm-hmm. Um, As our good friend Mags from Badlands uh, Podcast has once told us, um, we try to call a spade a spade. Right. And I think we take great pride in trying to call a spade a spade here. Um, <sighs> let, let's, mm. let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Yeah, okay. go, go for it, Steven. This show is really bad. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, it's, I, that's that's how you feel, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to put it eloquently. Um, there is a match on this card, in my opinion, that is redeemable. And that is the opening match. Um, I think is the best card on the match by far. Really? Uh, yo, 100%. Like, not even... Not even the Money in the Bank matches. Not even a question. No. Um, <sighs> the, mm. It started off okay, and then just de-escalated into just bad, in my opinion. Um, but mm. what about you? First thoughts. Um, man, I really felt like the show. Look, people, there's gonna be a lot of people that love this show. Like, yeah, you know, um, there's there's our friends who uh, who who we know and love, like you know Josh and Queen Mags. JPQ Conrad, that that whole gang from you know the former Brainbuster Radio, yeah, right. And there's gonna be a lot of people online who really really love this show too, right? And I get that, but for me, I felt like it took getting up to the penultimate main event between Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre for me to actually be like, oh okay, now we have a show. Right, but but that's that's two thirds deep into what the whole show runtime is, mm-hmm. right? Um, I did find the Money in the Bank matches actually to be pretty entertaining. It's it's exactly what I thought it would be, which is um, it, it's it's basically like the movie Rat Race. I, for all those of you who have who have who are like, what's Rat Race? What what, <laughs> what are you talking about here? I'm in that camp, so it's okay. <laughs> Rat Race is a movie where these eccentric billionaires basically um, have, um, uh, I guess, gotten ten contestants in, in this this movie. They get ten contestants to race co- uh, cross country uh, to find, um, I, I guess, a lockbox full of uh, millions of dollars. Right. Um, so. I mean that's essentially what this is. <laughs> you know, they're they're uh, you've got twelve people who literally run up uh, and race up the WWE HQ, brawling throughout the whole entire headquarters to get to the the, the roof top, uh, where they then have the the ring and the Money in the Bank briefcases suspended above the ring. Uh, it's, 
I, I mean, it's that's that I find that to be entertaining. Now, is it a wrestling match? No, I think they're still going for that same cinematic feel like they were at WrestleMania with, you know, the the Boneyard match mm-hmm. you know, or the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. I think it's more akin to that. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to skip ahead too much and start directly talking about the main event itself, but yeah. um, I I personally wouldn't compare the cinematic matches from WrestleMania to this. Mm. Two completely different camps. Um, in terms of quality, in my opinion, uh, I know whenever we first reviewed the the WrestleMania show, I was uh, kind of just confused about the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, I have watched it again recently. Um, it's still not the greatest thing in the world, but I get it now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty entertaining. It's entertaining, and, and I I understand it now. Um, and then the Boneyard match, obviously, as we had uh, said before, was awesome. So, um, but those were very tight, very precise, and they knew exactly what they were doing throughout those cinematic matches. Uh, This one was sloppy and really just didn't look like anyone knew what the hell was going on. So, uh, But like I said, I don't want to go too far into it because we are skipping ahead a little bit. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, overall, the show was just kind of like, I don't know. It it just felt pretty flat to me. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I I feel like personally, yeah, the the main event kind of made it made up for it. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> but I mean that again, like we said at the top of the show, like you're you're entitled to your own opinion, and I'm not going to judge you if you do like it or if you don't like it. Whatever. I personally didn't care for it. Um. But hey, if you did and you want to see more stuff uh, like that in the future, more power to you. Mm-hmm. You know, more mm-hmm. power to you. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The I really don't know what I was expecting, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I remember when we when we first you know heard the news that it was going to be this you know race through the race through the headquarters. Both uh, men's and women's were going to happen at the same time. I, I figure we were kind of going to get something similar to you know the Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match with the the cinematic kind of storytelling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one I wouldn't call cinematic. It, it's really just like a it, it's a locker room brawl all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for better or worse, I would say. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I would say that's that's fairly accurate. Um, let's see here. We we put out on Twitter before the show. Uh, we had uh, a little bit of a little bit of a shout out segment uh, that we wanted to put up here. Shout out segment. What are you guys looking forward to on tonight's show? Leave a comment below, and we'll give you a shout out. Again, this was on Twitter at uh, Headlock Talk. Uh, so a few people chimed in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Charlip at Mike JC eight two one on Twitter. Says the money in the bank match. I'm very intrigued. Who's going to get the briefcases and preparing the torches and pitchforks if Corbin wins? LMAO. <laughs> also wanted to see if uh, we're getting anything from the hacker gimmick. Mm, we got yeah. we got a little bit of the hacker gimmick. We got a snippet. Yeah, I got yeah. a little bit. Uh, Connor at Connor underscore twelve says cinematic money in the bank matches. Mm, I think we. I feel like we definitely got that. I feel like we we got that. I know you slightly disagree. Yeah. Um, I just I 
like the the Edge Randy Orton match. That's not a cinematic match, in my opinion. That's a brawl, and the, the I would say that 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 is correct. Yeah, that, and, that is and, less. And cinematic. I say the 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 camera style from the Edge Orton match from WrestleMania and the camera style for this Money in the Bank match was almost identical. So I I. Mm. I stopped short of calling it a cinematic match, personally. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say Edge Orton is necessarily cinematic, um, but it it does have the long form, which I think right. a lot of people will associate with it being more cinematic, I think. Well, there's definitely cinematic mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. to it, but, but it's not, you know, completely scripted uh, sets and things like that, mm-hmm. s- similar to how the Boneyard match or the Firefly Funhouse match is. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be one of the biggest distinctions, is like, is there a set? Right, you know what I mean. Uh, yes, no, you're you're right. Uh, I mean, I I can get that. But then again, you someone could argue that the the HQ is the set. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean that that's that's how that's how I'm seeing it personally. Right, right. Uh, our good buddy Conrad uh, with everything pro wrestling podcast at EPW Show on Twitter. Cinematic Money in the Bank is all I need. Uh, our friend Foul Original. Uh, at foul underscore original also says most looking forward to the money in the bank match tonight. Also the SmackDown tag team title match. Mm. Um, our buddies at United by wrestling on Twitter at UTD by wrestling money in the bank matches. The concept of this year's, uh, have me interested. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, T3 podcast network at T3 network, uh, with WWE saying that this will be, uh, more of a production match like the Boneyard and Cena Wyatt match. This has potential to be one of the most entertaining Money in the Bank uh, in a while, or an epic failure. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Could be other one. This is very true. Mets fan eight eighty four says the Money in the Bank match. So you can tell there's a lot of uh pretty pretty deep consist- consensus here. Yes, yeah. yes. Um. Uh, here's an, opi- uh, an interesting opinion. Uh, Mr. E at I am Scandinavian? Uh, Scandinavian. I think I'm saying that right. Sure. <laughs> Mr. E at I am Scandinavian on Twitter. Uh, so they say, uh, so they show Charlotte, NXT Women's Champion, who has no bearing on this pay per view whatsoever in the advert front row. This is true. She is on the advertising poster yep. front and center. Yet Becky Lynch is nowhere to be seen and is the Raw Women's Champion who has a direct link to the, mon- the Women's Money in the Bank match. Shake my head. Um, hmm. uh, Wait, inconsistent marketing from WWE? What? No way. Crazy. That's never happened before. Yeah, this is a whole new concept, yeah. isn't it? Mr. E also goes on to say, uh, looking forward to seeing who took pointers from the big show on how to fall off of a building. Yeah, ah, hey, this guy gets it. This guy. This, this guy gets it. I love it. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, and then Kinky, spelled with two Ys, K-Y-N-K-Y, okay. at K-Y-N-K-Y, uh, says, just hope it's entertaining. I think I'm burned out by empty arena matches, so anything a bit different will stand out. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. I, I think, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. um, Money in the Bank open pre-show. 
there were, um, let me see here, a total of eight matches here on the card. Uh, first match was on the pre-show, uh, where Jeff Hardy t- takes on Cesaro. Now, Jeff Hardy was having a feud, or really starting a feud with Sheamus um, on this past SmackDown. And I guess there was some a little bit of crossover here with Cesaro. Mm. Um, so Cesaro and Jeff Hardy have a match on the pre-show. So th- this actually makes sense, mm-hmm. right? This makes a little bit of sense. Um, this is Jeff Hardy's uh, real first real test being back in WWE after a, a long layover. Um, Steven, what did you make of Jeff Hardy's return here? I thought he looked good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought he looked good. Um, definitely, I mean, no... I would say no better or worse than than the last time he left. Uh, I mean, he's hitting everything that he normally does, you know, twist of fate, swanton bomb, you know, rocking everything. And then obviously you have Cesaro out there that just makes everyone look so good. So, I mean, I, I think he looked as good as he's always been, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, um, he, he's similar, obviously similar to brothers, but, uh, you know, him and Matt Hardy, they're slowing down a little bit and that's fine they're mm-hmm. they're getting a little bit older they're they're not able to do the the crazy things that they were doing when they were 18 19 years old there's nothing wrong with that uh but i, I think jeff hardy is as good as he can be for you know 40 year old jeff hardy mm-hmm. so um and i guess here's what i put in the notes you know i mean basically I, I my train of thought was if this was actually on the main show which i mean you've got jeff hardy you've got cesaro these guys deserve to be on the main show, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would actually come off significantly better. Um, not that this was bad by any stretch of the imagination, um, but since this is taking kind of a backseat, unfortunately, for some whatever reason, to our truth and MVP on the main card, yeah, uh, which we would learn later on what that was all about. Yeah. Um, I felt like, you know, that... That match, MVP and R-Truth had literally no build, or at least this had some kind of relevancy to things that are going on in the WWE universe. Right, right. right. And, like, I don't really know really what they were thinking here. I mean, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, that's a big match. I mean, no matter no matter if it has a, a huge build or not, I mean, that's, that's a big match. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and when you put it on the pre-show, even though you have Jeff Hardy and Cesaro in the match... You're telling me that it doesn't matter because it's on the pre-show, right? Right, and, and so, like you said, you know, whether it's a great match or not, it, it kind of just gets lost in the shuffle because WWE presents it to you in a way that's like, hey, here's a little, you know, just a little taste of something before we get into what is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jeff, uh, Jeff looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Cesaro always looks good, mm-hmm. so there, there's really no problems here with either guys. Um, I personally couldn't help but feel that between some of the things that were said on commentary, like Jeff Hardy wants one last good run, uh, you, you just can't help but feel like that Jeff is literally just burning time till he can get out of WWE and rejoin with his brother in AEW. That's how I felt. Um, yeah. The finish comes when uh, Hardy uh, reverses an Irish whip uh, by Cesaro into the steel steps. Uh, Hardy then does a, uh, I guess he he runs off the ring barricade and does a flying clothesline. Mm -hmm. uh, Gets Cesaro back in the ring and hits a swanton bomb for the three count. Uh, 
Um, again, this is just about exactly what you would imagine this match would be, I mm-hmm. think. Both guys worked really hard, um, but uh, this was nothing out of this world. Right. I, I gave this a solid B, which as far as match ratings are concerned, uh, is the highest rating that I've given all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I actually didn't rate this match just because I don't normally rate the pre-show matches. Uh, if I did, though, I, I think you're right. Probably sitting right around a B. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's fair. Simple, effective. Both yeah. guys worked hard. I can't complain. It, mm-hmm. it was average, but again, nothing out of this world, I think. Yeah, I, I think, uh, to your point, I think if they had swapped this with the uh, R-Truth MVP match and maybe given it a little bit more time and a little bit more fire, mm-hmm. it, it could have been a really, really great match. Uh, mm-hmm. But it kind of just got swept under the rug. A little bit. so A little bit. Um, on the pre-show, um, the, the, the two commentators for the pre-show... Um, you could tell that they don't have very much chemistry. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cringeworthy. It was <laughs> in a lot of spots. They actually, um, they actually have negative chemistry. I think, like, <laughs> so yeah, like, um, like their, like the energy that they put off from each other actually makes it worse. Like, <laughs> right? Like they were doing. Um, who was it? It was. Um, Oh goodness! They had like, uh, who was it like doing? Um, I, I guess it was like R- Renee and Renee uh, Booker, Booker T. T and somebody else skyped in. Oh yeah, who was that other person? <sighs> I can't. Oh, what remember. wasn't it? AJ oh, Styles? No, JBL. It J- was JBL. JBL yeah, yeah, was yeah. the other one. They they kind of skyped in and did a little bit of talking at one point. Um, look, if you just gave me that, I think I'd be totally cool with it. Like it's like. Here's this. Here's a promo package. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'd be I'd be totally fine with that. Right. But we we get these two um, strange men giving us a rundown of the pay per view for an hour, and I just <sighs> well, it, it, it's not it, not it's not my vibe, man. It's well, not it also my vibe. just comes off as so fake. Yeah, you know, you got you got this guy who I've I've been watching WWE for years and years and years, never seen his face before in my entire life, and he's already like sixty years old. So like he he <laughs> obviously has been doing something else this entire time, and then comes in, into WWE, and and, and, then, and then there's Peter Rosenberg, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh man, I'm so excited. Are you excited? And, and it it's just so fake. You know, like I can, I can tell that you, sir, are not excited for this. I'm excited. <laughs> He's just like, oh, it's gonna be great, isn't it? And oh god, you're like, it's so bad. I, 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 no, <laughs> not really excited, bro. <laughs> and, then he, and then he called Corey Graves that tattoo guy, uh, <laughs> which. <laughs> anyway. Oh man. Anyway, I forget what he was saying, but he he was they were talking about uh like other commentators in WWE, and the guy was like, uh, "Oh yeah, you know it's the, it's that guy with the with the tattoos." Come on, bro. And, and Peter is like, "Oh, it's it's Corey Graves." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, the guy with the tattoos." That guy. <laughs> yeah, right, he's dude. cool. Whatever. Whatever. It, anyway, <laughs> moving on uh, to the main show. Uh, we, we open here with The New Day versus Lucha House Party versus Miz and Morrison versus The Forgettable Sons. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, the, the Forgotten Sons. Yeah. Um, 
So here's the deal uh, on those guys. Um, I, I put out a tweet, and it was kind of a joke, and blah, blah, blah. Um, kind of a joke, <laughs> Only kind of. So I, I, I posted, you know what's great about the Forgotten Sons? Dot, 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 dot. No, I'm actually asking a question. Can anyone help? <laughs> it's in jest, right? Right. Um, we did get somebody who chimed in, um, who said that the, the the Forgotten Sons are very good workers in ring, and Steve Cutler and uh, Jackson Riker are military veterans. Which, look, I've awesome. got I've got no problem with them being military veterans at all. In yeah. fact, thank you both for your service. Mm-hmm. Greatly appreciated. You know, I mean, you guys have done a lot more. To sacrifice for this country than I have. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about you as wrestlers. This is true. Um, this person goes on to say, I also appreciate that Riker, who often does not compete, is an intimidating figure who can leave his fingerprint in a match. Just my opinion, though. Which is great. It's fine. But if he's so intimidating, why isn't he having matches? That's my point, right? Um so uh, this was from uh, Peyton uh, Wesner uh, at PC Wesner on Twitter, um, who who comes across as a pretty cool guy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He, he's got a picture of him taking pictures with MJF. Nice, looks like nice. Yeah, he looks like a pretty cool dude. Um, but here's the thing, again, like them being veterans is great. Jackson Riker being intimidating is great. But it's not effective for me. Well, we're also like, like, we're not talking about like Jackson Riker, the person, the the person we're talking about the, the in ring competitor, the in ring character of Jackson Riker, right? Who has done very little between NXT and WWE. Now here, here's where I appreciate the forgotten sons. I think that they were wasted kind of in, in NXT because they're kind of more along the lines of your classic WWE tag team. They're gimmicky. Uh, they've got kind of this this backstory that's very Sons of Anarchy esque kind right. of, um, you know. Uh, but that fits more in the main roster. That that's not really a, a, an NXT thing where it's more about training and work rate and telling solid stories in and out of the ring. This is more of a, a gimmick. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, so they really do fit better on SmackDown, where that kind of thing is the norm. Right, right. right. Um, so Peyton, I, I will politely agree to disagree here. Uh, you've raised some great points, but look, I mean, that's this is this is my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's my show, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like for us to come onto your podcast, we will gladly do so yes. and explain our point of view. Indeed. Just throwing it out there, Peyton. So, mm-hmm. hey, look, appreciate you, buddy. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. You sound here. like a cool guy. Yeah. 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 We could probably talk a lot more about this. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Anyway, back to this match. Yeah. Um, this was a fairly fine four-way tag team match. Mm-hmm. Um, again, n- nothing out of this world. I, I think the craziest spot was um, uh, Grand Metalik did a top rope Spanish fly mm-hmm. onto John Morrison uh, and crashed into everybody else in the match who was down below at ringside. Um, that was a that was a crazy, <laughs> crazy risky move. Yeah, he, he got a lot of air on that too. Yes, they got a ton of air mm-hmm. on, on that move. Um, 
the finish really comes here when Big E hits the big ending on Grand Metalik for the win. Uh, the match really and truly uh, didn't go longer. It was like right at about 12 minutes is what I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> It's fine. Yes. Yeah, no. I. I mean. I thought it was a good match. Um, this one, like you said, uh, I don't know. It, it's very similar to the to the pre-show match. Nothing crazy out of this world. It's a decent match. You yeah, know, nothing fine. bad. It's um, it, it's just not gonna knock your socks off necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my favorite match on the card. Um, so take that yeah. with uh, you know, how you will. There you go. Um. Yeah, this is a good match. I, I gave it a solid B minus. B minus. Yes. There you go. Yep. Same. <laughs> also, uh, I do want to say uh, uh, the new day gear. Uh, yes. that they're currently wearing right now is absolutely the best gear they've ever had. A hundred percent, because it's like uh, color by numbers. Mm. And at WrestleMania, when they debuted the gear, mm. it was all white. There was no coloring uh, in it. And then every time you've seen New Day since then, another number is colored in. Hmm. And that is dope as hell. Just saying, I don't know whose idea that was, but it's great. That is pretty nifty. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I would say that is pretty nifty. It's just like a small detail, you know? Yeah. But, but it, I don't know. It just makes me happy. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, someone else cares about continuity. It's great. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, goodness. Um... I'm a little salty. It's okay. Those Red Bulls are high in sodium. They are. <laughs> are they? Yeah, I bet so. You got a bunch of sodium in here? Hold on. Yeah, Keep it going. I'll, I'll read be. the sodium. 100 uh, milligrams. Yeah, there you go. I have no barometer for what is a lot or a little bit of sodium. <laughs> no. So, Well, the more you know. Yeah, maybe I should get on that. <laughs> um, let's see here. Next match on the card was indeed MVP versus R-Truth. Our Psych. Our <laughs> truth came out rapping his song, pretty cool guy, and then he was like, "What's up?" And they tried to get the crowd. Nothing happened. Obviously, there's nobody in the crowd. Right. Uh, it would have been cool if Cole stood up and was like, "What's up?" Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> but like have him not mic'd. Right. You right, just like right, hear right. it in the background. Right. It's like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, you know, Truth does that. Uh, MVP comes out. Uh, they kind of do a, a little bit of a standoff. MVP's gear, by the way, related note to your note about the the New Day gear. He kind of had like this Wakanda, like mm-hmm. like like Black Panther suit on, and that was pretty dope too. Dude, that that's the thing about uh, MVP. He has always had great gear. He does have dope ring gear pretty often. Yeah, I feel like like him and uh, Rey Mysterio are probably the two people that like change their gear the most often. Um, obviously, we don't see MVP very often nowadays, but back back when uh, he was you know still big, um, yeah, we pretty much you never see him in the same thing. You know, twice he he always yeah. got a new new outfit. So yeah, he did look good. He had the the whole Black Panther suit uh, going on. It's good. It's good. Yeah. No, it it was it was pretty brilliant. Um, they get in the ring and, uh, yeah, um, what's the best way of saying this? So truth is trying to teach MVP how to be balling. Yes. I I put balling, not balling. Uh, hard G. Yeah. Because, Mm -hmm. because I don't have no street cred, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So, so I put balling here. Uh, (laughs) good call. (laughs) 
Good call. Um, you definitely don't want to get caught in that street cred conundrum. No, no, Mm-mm. no. It's bad uh, news. <laughs> um, anyway, we don't actually get this match. Bobby Lashley actually proceeds to come out. And uh, what happens here is uh, he, he tells MVP to take the night off. And then Lashley stares down Truth. Truth says, oh, snap. He... So, so he's taking our taglines now. Yeah, yep. goodness, we're making waves, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Truth tries to run away from Bob. Uh, Bob proceeds to kill Truth in the corner. Bob then wins with uh, with a spear. Uh, the, the switch to the pants is pretty cool. I did want to go out of my way to make a note of that. Bobby Lashley's switch to wearing pants. Plus, good move. Yeah. Yes, definitely a good move. <laughs> um, sure. Entertainment wise, B plus. The match is a is, is a dud. It's it's not rated. I'm not going. I'm not going to to rate this match. <laughs> this match is a dud. Uh, it was so so bad. Uh, really wasn't even a match. Uh, I personally would have preferred MVP our truth. Um, yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. You give me a match that that I like that I kind of want with uh with MVP R Truth. I'm like, okay, th- this could be good, and then you ruin it and put Bobby Lashley in there for the nine thousandth time. Yeah, for zero reason whatsoever. Um, yeah, I really didn't enjoy this. <laughs> Sorry if I exploded anybody's ears just then. I had to move the mic a little bit closer to Steven. I've been I've been like on and off working from home and like going into the office to work and so like our our desk set up here in the Headlock Talk headquarters is all kinds of scrambled right now. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 We're getting through though. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. There's no there's no issues here. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, yeah, that that match was god awful. Uh-huh. No, yeah, it's good. It's good um entertainment. Um the match is um I was not entertained. Yeah, well, that's what it is. What it is. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Baron Corbin does a promo, says he's the best, uh, or rather, says the best is yet to come, and that tonight he's gonna win. He he actually looked like a giant grouper, like like the fish. <laughs> he he looked like a giant fish. Uh, that's that's the camera shot that they gave yeah. us. So. King grouper. King grouper. <laughs> Get it trending, y'all. Hashtag King grouper. Uh. Um, let's see here Bailey versus Tamina for the Smackdown Women's Championship was next on the card Um, so this match came really as a surprise to me I I mean I get where the build is coming from here Um, so my problem is this and and I'm not trying to hate on this match but um, let me kind of explain to everybody out there I guess my logic Tamina, to me, uh, that sounds like a wholly different wrestler. There should be Tamina, and then to me should be your tag partner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? No, uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Tamina, uh, she suffers from what I call Big Show Syndrome. Mm. Now, Big Show Syndrome yes. is where you have a, a someone who should, by all rights, be the most intimidating person in that division, right? But because... They they lose consistently, or are just out of the picture consistently. It loses credibility, right? And this match comes across 
like it doesn't have a lot of credibility. Right. It comes across as um, as Bailey and Tamina, who actually the two of them actually work really hard in this match. Yeah. I felt like, um, but you don't really get a lot of reward out of it. You don't feel like like Tamina is a threat to Bailey taking the title here. Right. Right. Which. It should be. She Tamina should by, be by all means a, a threat to Bailey's title. She's significantly larger, more powerful. Uh, I mean, there was even a point where Sasha Banks interfered in the match, and Sasha Banks looked like you know, like <laughs> terrified, completely mm-hmm. terrified of Tamina. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, you know, again, like with the Big Show, it ultimately means nothing at the end of the day. Right, right. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to bring that point up as well. Uh, I, I think that specifically is what this match suffers from the most uh, because the way that they booked it was the match. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, back and forth. It, it was a very, very story-heavy match. They were trying to tell you a story. Yeah. And the story they were trying to tell you is that... Yes, Bailey's the champion. Yeah, but Tamina is a monster. Yeah, Bailey is Bailey is basically Ric Flair. She's going to do anything that she can to try and retain her title. Mm-hmm. But she's up against somebody who is clearly a vastly larger and uh, and more serious opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's what what really hindered this match so much like the like you said they worked very hard in this match that's for sure uh i'm not trying to take that away from anybody but like you said that that moment with uh you know with sasha where sasha starts coming in the ring tamina gives her a look and and be like oh you know you sure you want to do that or whatever and (laughs) sasha's looking terrified it's like sasha aren't you like a multi-time champion yeah and tamina has lost her last seven matches so like, what? I mean, maybe we'll have to go back. And I'm exaggerating, books. right? But right. you know, I, I'm being hyperbolic. But but that's the case, you know. Like, right. Why are you afraid, Sasha? Like, you are one of the most dominant women in this entire company. Yeah. And now you're just like, oh my god, she's gonna hurt me. Like, yeah, dude, dude. It, and, and so it, it literally <laughs> with the match being the story, they really tried to book this a, a very story heavy match. But the story doesn't make any sense. I mean, yes and no, right? Like, I, I think that this is probably Tamina's finest performance in her career. Um, but What? But... Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. For what it's worth, based on her track record, I'm not really quite sure what that means, right? Mm. Like, and that's... And that, again, none of that really comes down to her fault. A lot of that has to do with how poorly managed she's been for years and years and years, right? Yeah. Um, but I think as far as a match goes, uh, this is probably her and Bailey's best overall <laughs> performance, uh, I, I think. Um, best Bailey performance, at least in a while. Um, obviously, nowhere close to her matches with Sasha in NXT, but. Um, with this new Bailey character, this is probably one of the more shining examples of how good Bailey is. Tamina, again, she she played her part, uh, but I, but I think that this uh, quote unquote Big Show syndrome plays a part in where Tamina is right now on the card. Hmm. Okay. So I mean, I hope I analyzed that well enough to people. I don't I, know. I think this did, might be did, the. Did you guys get that? I mean. 
can they hear me? I, I'm sure. I mean, we're <laughs> recording, so I would hope so. Uh, no, I, I think this might be the instance where you and I have disagreed the most uh, about something. Uh, I've I've seen better matches from both of them. Uh, I I don't. Yes, they worked hard, but does that mean it's a tight match? No, it was sloppy in my opinion throughout. Mm. Very thrown together, uh, not very thought out, mm. and confusing. Well, m- maybe maybe we'll meet here on the rating, Stephen. I gave this match a C plus. <laughs> no, we're not going to. <laughs> okay. Uh, I give this match an F. Wow. I, it, it was really, really not good. Goodness. Um, well, moving right along then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins cuts a promo about his upcoming match with Drew McIntyre. Um, now Seth's doing the whole Monday Night Messiah thing. It, um, he's, he's being very drawn out and deliberate with his cadence and saying his words just kind of like this. I deserve to be the champion, Drew. Yeah, that's not monotonous. That's what the people want. That is what is best for business. Blah, 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 blah. Basically. Yeah. Um, I don't dig it. Seth, if you're going to be this cult hero, this cult, you know, personality, you know, put in some charisma, put in some, yeah. you know, watch a little bit of like, I don't know, the, the, the Christian broadcasting channel and like yeah. pick up on like some of this charisma by like, you know, these, these preachers who, right. you know, do their broadcasting in like these million dollar churches, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're trying to do this whole cult thing. Yeah. Like cult leaders are charismatic. That like that's that's like part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this 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 doesn't make me want to join your cult. No, not at all. <laughs> um, Just it, ask Evil Uno. It, anyway, uh, well there you go. <laughs> Take that for what you will. Um, next match on the card: Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend. But Bray Wyatt, yes, um, versus Braun Strowman. Now this this match has a, a pretty interesting story because of the, the history between these two men, and you know uh, the video package shows uh, Bray telling the story of the black sheep, and uh, you know Braun uh, kind of refuting it and being like, "That's in my past," and blah blah blah. You know, it is what it is. Um, right. So, um, <sighs> hmm. Bray comes out, he does his thing. Braun comes out, he's the champ, right? And yeah, Braun. <laughs> oh, get these hands. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, I'm struggling with these notes here. Um, so uh, Bray tries to make nice with Braun, and Braun then shoves Bray into the corner. Uh, Bray. Makes a quip about how strong Braun is. Yes. And then Braun... <laughs> I kind of lost it here. Braun says, I'm not the same boy you knew all those years ago. <laughs> Which, I mean, A, you were a grown-ass man. Yeah. You you, <laughs> like, like, you you know that was like four years ago. Yeah, like, you, you weren't like a child. And you're like at least 30, so you'd be like 26. <laughs> yeah, like... like and, and even, I ain't the same boy. Uh, like, even then, you were like a hulking monster. <laughs> yeah. Right? So... You uh, act like Bray picked you up off the side of the road when you were like, like four. Like, he taught me everything I knew. 
That's why I talk like this. <laughs> I got a deep, gruff voice. He told me to get these hands, and I stuck with it. I spent years in the shadows learning how to, you know, make these hands. <laughs> so people could come get them. Now I have all the hands. I, have, I, I just I just own all the hands. I've got a big old bag of hands. <laughs> oh, God. Uh so Braun starts to beat Bray on the outside. Braun goes for his running spot. I believe they're calling it what is it? The the Stroman Express or something yeah, something like it's that. It's the dumbest name. <laughs> it's the dumbest move. I'm sorry. What what's what's interesting is like he's so big, yeah. but his knees suck so bad. Oh yeah. Which I don't, I mean that's completely nothing on him. I right. mean yeah, if you're if you are that tall, you're never going to have good knees, right. right? Running is going to suck for you no matter what. Yeah, it's a lot of weight to carry around. But because of how huge Braun is, it looks like his like his torso is always like three feet ahead of where his <laughs> legs are, so his legs are like like little and like just running running right behind him. Yeah. Um, but this time, uh, Braun uh, misses because Bray moves out of the way and Braun uh, destroys the announce desk. Um, Bray, his pig, I don't know what Bray's pig's called. I, I can't remember. Uh, too, too many Red Bulls tonight. Yeah. Um, I got nothing. He, the pig pops up in the crowd and, and is now cheering on Bray. Also, he's making the so like he's making these sounds, and they're, but it's like demonic pigs, like yeah, like it's not even like a, an actual pig. It's it's really creepy. Yeah, kind of, just a little bit, you know, just a little bit, baby. Oh, there you go. Sorry, soulful in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so Bray clotheslines Braun down. Yeah, he he takes Braun to the outside, throws him into the stairs. Bray hits a sister Abigail on Braun for two, and I guess I looked away for a second, um, and and I really don't know what happened here, uh, but but Braun he he he's out of the ring, and then he puts on a broken black sheep mask, and I guess like I don't know something snaps in Bray, and he's like oh. My son, he's coming back to me. He's he's back. He's he, home. He, he's he's the little kid I once knew so many years ago who yeah. I taught to get hands. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he he like gets on his knees and and like stretches his arms out. It's weird though, cause like Braun stretches his arms and, and then like he it, rips off his shirt and he outstretches his arms. Right. And then and then Bray stretch outstretches his arms yeah. and then they both put him down. Yeah. And then Braun gets on his knees. And Bray and, gets on his knees. They're both and, on their knees. And then they both put their arms out. Yeah. Then then they stop and stand up. Well, but no, they, they hug each other. Uh, yes. And then they stop and stand up. And then they do it again. Yeah, and they, uh, they, they hug standing up, and it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> this is this is very odd. And then, like, they kind of, like, stop and just stare at each other. And then, like, all the while, like... Bray's animals are in the crowd, like like the the vulture and the, the witch and the pig, and they're all like, "Yeah, Bron, welcome home, Bron." Mm-hmm. And uh, Bron then removes the mask, which is plastic, by the way, and, and stomps on it. And uh, Bray kind of like freaks out for a little bit, and then uh, Bron hits him with the power slam. That's it, one, two, three. And um, uh, yeah, that's. 
That's what happened in this match. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's whatever, right? It's just very weird. And I think with, with just how just how strange this match was, I, I, I'm giving it a C+, plus, mm. which is not like the worst rating ever. It's fine. Um, there's only one real issue that I have um, with, with Bray Wyatt's character. And it's not really even like the biggest deal in the world. Now, before y'all think I'm going to be sacrilegious and whatnot and like, you know, oh, I hate Bray Wyatt and I hate The Fiend. Again, I will admit first thing, I'm not his biggest fan, okay? But I think that, and maybe this is just me, y'all can hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk if you disagree. Uh, but um, I, I would like the idea that Bray Wyatt himself is significantly weaker than his counterpart as the fiend, right? Because I felt like he got a lot of this match with with Braun. And, and you look at Braun and you're like, you're like, yeah, like I get it. And then you look at Bray and you're like, he's kind of Mr. Rogers, right? You wouldn't expect, even though Bray is built like a like a truck, you wouldn't really expect a guy in a sweater to be like, ah, ah, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna beat you up. You would more ex- expect to be him to be a little bit more uh, pacifist per se. I think I would like to. I, I would appreciate seeing a little bit more of that in his character, to where like, once you make him snap, he becomes the fiend. Maybe there's a, like a lights out or something like that, and I, I know it's impossible for him to change clothes that quickly. But you know, I mean, you could do you could do some things. Right. Yeah. Um, you you could do some things in a story with that where it's like, oh, you know, you really beat me up, Braun. You know, um, you know, he, he's like, I don't know, he's. I, I spent a, a couple of days at the doctor's office and they were checking up on me, and you know, I think I'm gonna have to go into another place for for you know me to beat you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like like Finn and the Demon. Right. Right. Um. Well, I, I think with with Bray. His, his character itself started to get really, really confusing whenever they started to bring uh, Bray Wyatt himself, not the Fiend, into matches. Um, and, and I think where the disconnect happens is um, we're, we're led to believe that Bray Wyatt and the Fiend are two separate entities, right? Um, with, with two separate uh, you know, sets of goals, uh, set, sets of aspirations. They, they have their own personalities and, and everything like that. But then... It also seems that sometimes that Bray's and the Fiend's wants overlap very often. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's very confusing when you're telling me like, hey, these are definitely absolutely two separate people that have almost nothing to do with each other. But then they they kind of coincide with each other too. And, and so mm-hmm. it's it's a little murky on what they want us to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that, man. Yeah. I could definitely see that. And, and I think that's where... I think that's really what's happening with Bray right now is they're just muddying the waters too much. It, it needs to be clear cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would like a more definitive stance. Yeah. And in my personal opinion, bringing in old pre fiend Bray Wyatt storylines yeah. into the fiends storylines, mm-hmm. that does not do it a service that mm-hmm. it does it a disservice. It, it only muddies up the waters even more, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Yeah. Fair. I gave this match a C plus. C plus. Uh, I gave it a D. Um, oh God. D D plus. Um, Steven is going to town on these ratings, man. Oh man, it, dunking it, on him like Michael. 
um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. The, this one, I, I think, was similar to the Bailey Tamina thing, where the the match itself was the the story that they were trying to tell. And when the story itself doesn't come off very well, it's really hard for me to give it a good grade to the match personally. Yeah, like I, I understand wanting to keep, you know, the actual in ring competition and the story separate. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that, but for me, especially with WWE, it's one and the same. Yeah, I would. Um, I guess what's what's messed up here, and 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 look, I I mean this to be as le- least disrespectful as humanly possible. Nah, here. fuck them up. Uh, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. if if. The reason why I put in that Michael Jordan quip right there, Stephen, this is the point in the show where I was like, man, The Last Dance is on tonight. I can't wait to check that out. Mm, Which yikes. is not a, a great thing to think about if I'm in the middle of watching this show. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to give us both a lot of flack for you know dumping on this show so much. But... That's just how I felt. Like, there was nothing that really drew me into this show. Yeah, I mean, this isn't coming from a place of, like, wanting to shit on it. You know what I mean? Like, if you like it, great. I just didn't. And that that doesn't make it shit. That doesn't make it great. It doesn't invalidate your opinion. Right. It's just how I feel. Right. You know? Um, And and we'll kind of get to this a little bit later, but, like, I had the exact opposite feeling, like, last night. Um... I was watching UFC 249. I was hanging out in a chat with uh, our good friends, uh, Anthony from Smart to Death, uh, Mags from Badlands and, and Five Rounds, um, and uh, JPQ, Big Paws on a Pup from No Particular Angle. We were all watching the show, and we were all just like in a chat with each other. And Dana White, who is arguably, perhaps his actions have maybe even arguably been worse than Vince McMahon's for the last few months because of just like how public all of his stuff's been going down. Yeah. I, I watched that show that UFC 249 and like it, it's like night and day for me with this money in the bank. I didn't want that show to stop because it what it kept going from strength to strength to strength from the prelims all the way up through the main card, all the way through the main event. Everything on that show was great. And I know that, Tony Khan, Vince McMahon, Dana White, look, they're all taking advantage of a situation in Florida where you can run these shows. You know, whatever your stance is on coronavirus, how dangerous it is, how precautious people should be, whatever. UFC, like, blew out WWE this weekend for me. Um, So there was a lot of stuff that that I would really like to see WWE kind of turn around on and I I hope that I hope somebody watched that UFC show and took a lot of notes because there's a lot of things that I I think that they could take away from the UFC last night and and really apply here. They're already kind of on that track with like I know I know I'm tangenting, I'm sorry folks, but like, you know, uh Justin Gaethje, uh he he won the interim light uh weight title last night. Um so, you know, he, so he's he's been around for a while. He's an he's a household name now that he's an interim champion. Like a lot of people from the underground knew him. I knew of him. Mags knew of him. JPQ knew of him. So on and so forth. 
Now he's he's in contention to fight one of the baddest men on the planet, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, that that's gonna that's gonna be a fight this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, you know, but like, just the show was full of action, and it's the same thing. It's an empty arena. Heck, even the commentators were spaced out away from each other. Whereas you watch Raw, all the commentators are packed into like a refrigerator, basically, with each other. You know, uh, talking about the show, and it, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just tangenting and reading this wrong, but I really do think WWE could r- learn a lot about how UFC pulled off their 249 show in compared to what they did with Money in the Bank here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fair point. Yeah. With that said, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, WWE title match. Um. Uh, politely. This would be a really great Raw main event. Um, nothing blew my socks off about the match. Um, kind of like Tamina and Bailey, they both worked really, really hard. Drew is obviously a star. Um, Seth is really hurting with that Monday Night Messiah gimmick, though. I think. Yeah. And um, I don't know if there was a little bit more intensity in the feud leading up to this. I think it maybe it would have paid off a little bit more. Maybe. Got me a bit more hyped for it. But there is large gaps in the match that I just, like, even now, we just watched the show, and I could probably hardly tell you anything that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I have to say this. Um, I I had basically checked out of the show at this point. Oh, um, man. I, like, I watched it, and I can tell you about the match 100%. Uh, but everything leading up to this match just... It, it gave me no reason to care personally. Um, and, and I I think your point is is right on, you hit the nail on the head there. It it would have been a great raw main event. Uh, but, but in terms of like, like this is supposed to feel huge. You know, this, this is the, the WWE champion versus the Monday night Messiah and, you know, opinions on the Monday night Messiah gimmick aside. Uh, obviously that's a very important storyline that they're trying to give us. And so this Mm. should feel like a big match, but I think it was just a combination of, you know, the matches that came before it, the fact that it's an empty arena match. And and then also that this really isn't the main event itself. Um, it just gave it this feeling of like unimportance, you know, And, and, uh, Drew McIntyre, dude, he just got the title. Like he's not dropping it to Seth Rollins. Like there's no freaking way. Right. And, and so you're just you're just left like, all right, let's get through this so we can watch this uh, this Money in the Bank match. Um, now, was it a bad match? Absolutely not. Was it a insane great match? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I think it was a good match. Uh, yeah. I will say. Um, just it didn't feel important, and that's a huge nitpick. I know, I understand that, but no, I, I think well, I, the I, feeling of the match is very important as well. Right. I don't disagree at all. I I don't think that this match felt very significant. It's for the title, but like there there was no weight behind it, right? Well, and, and it shouldn't be that way. It, like there should be some weight here behind this being a match for the title. Now, with that said, I think that with some time, both of these guys could really I guess they, they these guys could really get something special with each other. If we have long-term storytelling, long-term, you know, if this is the start of something very, very beautiful, I look forward to seeing what, what happens down the road. I simply, personally, 
don't have faith that WWE is going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like, it, yeah. like, hopefully they do have a chance to turn this into a really good program. But, I mean, what's what's left for for Seth to fight for? Drew beat him clean right. with a Claymore. Right. It, exactly. And, and so it, you're really just left wondering, like, one, why should I care about this match? And two, like, what's next? You you know? Because it, right. it, it really didn't seem like this was the end, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the commentary team usually throws out some some quick, you know, kind of quips to tell you where the story's going uh, and things like that. And, and they didn't really give a lot of that. Right. Um, it, but they also didn't say it was over either, which makes me believe that, that this is still going to continue. Um, I, but, I mean, like you said, where did they go? Right. Drew beat him clean. Well, like if if Seth beat Drew, and not not even beat Drew. Like if Seth beat Drew, that would would be totally the the wrong thing to do. Absolutely. But yeah. if let's say let's say Drew hits Seth with the claymore, right? And then um, let me see here. Let let's say let's have Buddy run down to the ring with a chair, Buddy Murphy, and. It's right after Drew hits Seth with the Claymore. Drew goes for the pin. Buddy hits the ring. Beats Drew mercilessly with the chair. Just beats him and beats him and beats him. Um, and then Seth, he he observes the situation. And as promised, he walks out of the arena with the title. So maybe Drew has to, you know, hunt Seth down. And that continues the feud, right? It builds more tension. That's not, that's not what we're getting here. It's absolutely not what we're getting here. Drew beat Seth, you know, and 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 they both walk away. Mm-hmm. Seth has now lost at two back to back pay per view shows. Um, where does Seth go now? Uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really sure where they go with this. Um, really, the only thing that I'm thinking in my head is maybe doing something like, but but then again, they've already already kind of ruined this uh, with it possibly not being able to continue after this match. But the only thing I can think of is like, uh, you know, Seth Rollins is walking around like he's the guy. He He's the guy. You know, he's the Monday Night Messiah. He's the top guy or the top dog, if you will. Um, and then, you know, maybe have this promo with uh, Drew McIntyre where he's like, you know, there is no top guy. I- any guy on any day can beat anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and just kind of have that kind of thing where Seth's trying to, Trying to just be like, I am unstoppable. I'm the best. I'm I'm the the face of the company. Blah blah blah. And Drew just kind of trying to knock him down a peg. Um, that that's really the only thing I can possibly think of on where this would be going. But at the same time, after tonight, Drew beat him clean. So like, what? Like Seth Rollins doesn't have a leg to stand on in that argument. You know, he can't say, oh, I'm the top guy, I'm the best, I'm the face of the company, when you just got beat by the champion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. Is this going to continue? I don't know. Uh, I, I think not. I, I, Seth does not have a leg to stand on here. Yeah. If it continues, then it's it, it shows that Raw literally has nobody else. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is truly... Uh, I mean, it's, it's which is not true. It's not true. Mm-hmm. They have other people that they can put in this slot against Drew. Look, who but, got knocked down a peg recently? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Who else got knocked down a peg recently? Uh, AJ Styles. AJ Styles. You need to build. You need to do some building, and those yeah. guys are great together. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyways. You got you, yeah, you got you got some work to do, guys. You got some work to do here, WWE. Yeah. I mean the answer is not just continue the storyline and hope that people love it. Like that's that's not the answer here. You you need to try something else. Um the this whole Monday Night Messiah thing, I wasn't really sold on it from the beginning, personally. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that that really dig that storyline. Um and that's cool. You know, more power to you. Uh it's really not resonating with me personally. And after tonight uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily dead, uh, but uh, the whole thing with, with him and Drew is uh, most certainly probably over right now. Uh, who Seth Rollins is going to target next? Who knows? Um, I don't know. They they seem to still want him to be the guy. Wh- whether he's the champion or not, they want him on there every week. They, they want his face on you know magazines they they want him on the show and, and that's cool Seth Rollins is great but like you can't just keep doing that because then you mm. run and I'm not saying it's this bad everybody put your pitchforks down but <laughs> if you continue doing that then you run into a Roman Reigns situation where where you just get booed out of the building you know what I mean Be, mm. because you're you're there for no reason just because you're the guy that's why you're there yeah um and, and you <laughs> you definitely do not want to get in that situation. So I know I'm tangenting a little bit, but I just where is where is Seth Rollins now? I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, I know I mentioned uh, um, it's just a quick side note here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Peyton Wesner earlier in the show uh, at yes. PC Wesner on Twitter. Um, you know, again. Totally respect his opinion uh, on the Forgotten Sons. I've kind of been talking with him back and forth over Twitter the last few minutes. Um, you know, he's totally open to a, a dialogue here. Hey, uh, so I, I invite uh, you know Peyton either on our show or for us to you know if you'll have us on your show, we uh, whatever topics that you would like to discuss. We are totally down for having an open intellectual conversation about wrestling. Absolutely. So you know, uh, again, please. No, no, take no offense at what we were talking about earlier. Uh, obviously, we're here to both entertain as well as kind of speak our opinions. Yeah. Uh, but it would truly be an honor, uh, you know, to to have a dialogue here, uh, a respectful dialogue about wrestling and kind of a uh, uh, people's differences of opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, let us know. We'll be there. Yeah. Uh, I always like talking about wrestling. You know, whether you yeah. agree with me or not, uh, it, it's just fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you, Peyton, for reaching out. I truly do appreciate it. Actually. Yes. And now we get to the Money in the Bank match, um, which again, as I noted earlier, was um, exactly like Rat Race, the movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, ladies and gents, if you haven't seen that one, check it out. It's actually pretty funny. Um, this here is a, a match. Sort of. <laughs> a, 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 a cinematic experience, kind of, uh, sort of. Um, pretty wacky, to be honest with you. Um, see, like every, it starts out, everybody has their entrances. The women are kind of like in a lobby. Uh, the men are in a gym. Um, I guess the, the match really opens up with Asuka who somehow found her way on like a balcony in the lobby. She jumps off and does a cross by on everybody. Um, everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, she starts to get into an elevator as the women crawl to the elevator, but none of them make it. 
Um, the men are in the locker room brawling. I did appreciate the continuity that they had when like Alistair walked in, he sees the AJ Styles and he's like, Oh, you again. So, you know, let's, let's finish what we started here. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Bryan, like he walks in last and he's kind of like, Hey everybody, we're going to do this. Yeah. You guys ready to fight? Yeah. Like he's <laughs> like, he's super hyped. Like he's like really hyped to do this, but also like super respectful too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good guy. Daniel Bryan. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and give you my show notes here. Um, let me see here. Uh, in the gym, Baron Corbin has a 45-pound weight. He, um, it looked legit. He, he tries to throw it at Daniel Bryan's head, which, that's awfully risky. That's attempted homicide. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> let's just keep going. Let's, let's move along. Uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, uh, ducks out of the way. the the weight uh, The weighted plate hits uh, a, a glass mirror, uh, which shatters. Corbin then stares at this like hole in the wall, and he like he starts contemplating. And you're like, "Huh? Is Baron Corbin going to go through that wall?" <laughs> right. And then like I don't he know, spears through the wall. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking there. He was just kind of like blank faced like looking at this this wall <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's kind of funny um uh Corbin uh, uh he he's like standing there thinking and then the camera pans over to Ur- uh Erdis Erdis nailed it <laughs> got, got him <laughs> uh Otis uh who is uh actually uh murdering AJ just beating him all over the place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and they make it to what is essentially a Romanian deadlift rack uh, so like the, 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 the handles, like the, um, there's a more technical word for this here, but basically the Olympic bar is fully weighted here, um, at this, uh, this station and, uh, Otis deadlifts this bar, uh, plates and everything, uh, and, um, uh, drops it on AJ's chest. He basically sets it on AJ, um, AJ, um, quite clearly, could have and should have been able to just like, I don't know, crawl under. Nah, he he uh, <laughs> he doesn't understand physics. Yeah, he 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 doesn't have um, spatial awareness. Right. Which, I mean, um, typically babies have spatial awareness. God. <laughs> um, but but AJ did not here in this instance and believed that he was trapped underneath this bar. Um, so he's screaming, "Help! Help!" Let me get out of this bar. Yes, yes. It's quite comedic. Yes, I'm making a bigger deal out of it than what it is. But that's that's just how that's just how stuff works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just pointing that he out. He specifically asks Ray <laughs> like, Mysterio to yeah, help him. Yeah, he asks Ray Mysterio, who is the, the smallest person in the match, to help him. Uh and uh no. The answer the answer was no. Mm-hmm. Ray Ray kept running away. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see here. So AJ stuck under this Olympic bar. Elsewhere, the women are seen at an elevator. Uh, the men intercept the women. Asuka is seen uh, peeking out of the elevator, just kind of like, uh, what's going on? Alistair Black runs down a hallway, leaving Daniel Bryan to give Baron Corbin and uh, Otis some yes kicks. Otis is is doing the yes while he's kicking Corbin, and uh, this is actually pretty funny. Uh, Daniel Bryan... Uh, then like he, he switches it up and like starts giving yes kicks to Otis, who is then like, as he's falling down, he's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) 
Um, with, that so, was probably the funniest part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so the women are then seen in a conference room, and, I, and if I'm skipping around here, guys, I tried to keep up with this match really, really hard. It's it's very difficult. To there's do. a lot that happens. It, it's a very quick, like yeah. Fast there's a thing. lot of camera cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the women are in a conference room, uh, and uh, at one point, Dana um, lays out Nia Jax uh, with a chair shot, um, and. There's this conference room, and, and there's a Money in the Bank briefcase suspended in the conference room. So Dana Brooke thinks, ah, there's the briefcase. There it is. Yeah, so she gets up on the table, unlatches the briefcase, and then, like, stares at it. And it's, it's actually full of a lot of money. It is. That thing is... That thing's got a lot of money in it. I was very confused at first, because she, like, she grabs it, and then the camera just, like, like just points at her for, like, yeah. ten seconds. And she's yeah. just, like, holding it. Ah! And, and it's just like, yeah, I did it. And I'm like... That's, that, but that's not the real one, right? There's, there's like, probably a million dollars in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it was a see-through case full of money. Yeah, um, like like literally, someone went to the bank, got the money, put it in the briefcase. Yeah, yeah, money in the bank briefcase. <sighs> Moving on. Um, so she's staring at this briefcase, and then Stephanie McMahon walks in, and she's like, "Dana, what are you doing? This is the money in the bank conference room. Come on, dummy. Come on." <laughs> Um, and then she's like clean up Nia she's drooling all over the floor and I was like oh god Jesus (laughs) Um, so Dana's like dang it I didn't get the briefcase and uh, Carmella kind of comes out of nowhere lays out Dana Brooke and then like moonwalks out of the conference room only be struck with a women's right by Lacey Evans to the throat (laughs) I just want to point out. She broke her windpipe. <laughs> it was rough, man. Um, let's see here. Um, AJ Styles is then seen reemerging, uh, uh, I guess, from, from being stuck underneath some weights. Yeah. Um, he's looking for Rey Mysterio, who, of course, betrayed him. Yes. Because Rey couldn't get the weights right. up off of AJ. I mean, I, w- I would... I'd pay money to watch Rey Mysterio <laughs> deadlift all that weight. It really, it would actually be quite impressive. Yeah, he seriously. might be able to. He's got a nice, like a nice low center gravity. I, I don't doubt that he's able to. Yeah, I just want to watch it. Yeah, it would, be, <laughs> would be cool. It would be cool. Anyways, um, so he's looking for AJ. He's like going down these like hallways and corridors, and then like there's these pictures up on the wall uh, uh, of like Roman Reigns and like. He sees a picture of Ray Mysterio, and he's like, I'm going to get you, Ray. Yeah. And he's like walking down more hallways, trying to open doors and see if Ray's hiding in there for whatever reason. I mean, terrible idea. You would think that AJ would know where he's going. He's probably been to headquarters a few times. Well, I mean, <laughs> that and you're not just like at that, like, you're not just there for no reason. Like, right. He's. He's somewhere in between where you saw him last and the roof. Like, right. <laughs> like, you know where he's going. Yeah, like, why don't you just go try and find the stairs to the roof? Yeah, like, if you were on the first floor, yeah. don't look through the doors of the first floor, because he's probably not there. Right. Anyways. Of course. Um, so, AJ, he's opening up these doors, and he then, like, turns around and he sees this this picture of The Undertaker walking down the ramp to WrestleMania, right? Um, and uh, he, he like, freaks out, and he's, like, you know, having flashbacks of WrestleMania 37. Uh, no, 36. 
37's in the future. He's looking back to the future. Flash forwards. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so AJ sees this picture of the Undertaker, freaks out, and then he he like opens up the door next to the picture, and then it's like an Undertaker themed room with like the lights are all like that neon bluish purple color. Mm-hmm. It's got a coffin sitting in the middle of it for whatever reason. Yeah, it's like, it's like full of uh, like smoke. It's like, like fog. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and so, There's like ominous music playing, and yeah. So like AJ is like somehow like. The coffin is, like, alluring him into the room, and then Aleister Black, like, comes out of nowhere, kicks AJ in the head, and then, like, locks him in that room. Or, like, shuts shuts AJ inside that room, right? <sighs> Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm just going to let you go and uh, and go through it and then I'm going to say my piece at the end. Oh, I mean, that's fine. Okay. Uh well, I'll I'll stop and we'll we'll, we'll just talk. Like, it, you know, there there there's there's a part coming up actually right now. Paul Heyman is seen mm, trying mm. to eat an entire buffet full of food. Yeah. He's got, It's like 24 feet worth yeah, of like food. He's got he's got like all sorts of basmati rice and like sandwiches and all all sorts of stuff on yeah. this table. Right. There's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of food. And Paul Heyman's like trying to decide what he wants to eat first. And he um, he is interrupted as both the men and women have a crossroads here in this room. And Paul is like, you know, <laughs> he's like, what the hell is everybody doing here? Uh, basically. Um, and everybody's freaking out. Otis, he, he grabs a sandwich and like he starts like shaking and like hulking up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he yells, "Food fight!" Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to, um, I guess he 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 pies Paul Heyman in the face with with like a plate full of food. Yeah, Heyman's covered in food, covered in rice. And then like everybody starts taking food off of the table and throwing it at each other. It's it's an actual food fight mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Yes. Shayna Baszler chokes Rey Mysterio out. Yes, she chokes out Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's it's pretty crazy. Um uh, <laughs> Nia Jax throws Dana Brooke nearly through a Coke machine. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, Coca-Cola making that dollar dollar. It's true. True, yeah. they're gonna have to front those maintenance costs. Got got to appreciate the hustle there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Dana Brooks incapacitated. Nia Jax uh, also slams Carmella through a table, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, her and Otis are really the only two people left in the room at this point. Everybody else kind of you know got out of dodge, and so Otis and Nia Jax have a strange standoff between each other. Uh, afterwards, there's no contact. They they just they just kind of go their separate ways. Otis arrives at like another cafeteria, like a deli, basically, uh, where we see John Laurinaitis, and he's like people power, and and then you know Otis who is just oozing over not oozing, <laughs> he's uh he's he's just drooling over food. There you go. He finds a pie mm-hmm. and then throws a pie into John Laurinaitis's face. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Sorry. We're about halfway through. Catch y'all. my breath. <laughs> the women are seen running down a hallway where a janitor is mopping the floor. Uh, the women are just like, I don't know, trying to 
get through this hallway. Dana Brooke then slips on wet tile right onto her ass. Yes, it eats, looks painful. Eats dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the the janitor looks like he doesn't know what to make of any of this mm-hmm. going on. He just mm-hmm. wants to go back to listening to his Walkman. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Dana slips on the floor. Uh, the women keep running and make it through a staircase. Elsewhere, Daniel Bryan and uh, Alistair Black and AJ Styles brawl in another part of the building. Uh, Alistair Black gets taken out. Uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles make it into Vince McMahon's office. You can tell because Vince keeps a uh, like a T-Rex skull in his office mounted up on the wall. Um, there is a camera shot there in front of a table. And then you see Vince McMahon himself, who is seen scribbling notes into a notebook. And uh, he, he just tells them to... Uh, get out of here <laughs> to leave just go um the men kindly put the office back to normal and they proceed to exit the room vince then goes back to scribbling his notebook which we'll never know what he's actually writing in there right perhaps it's more ideas for seth rollins or brock lesnar for that matter probably brock lesnar <laughs> <laughs> or Clausenge. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, let's see here. Vince, uh, also, he was using some hand sanitizer. Yes. Mm. Gotta stay safe. Yeah. Shout out, Vince. There you go. <laughs> um, AJ Styles uh, and, uh, yeah, Dan O'Brien straighten up the room, apologize, they leave. And then they continue to brawl uh, out into the hallway where they're met by Baron Corbin, who destroys them both. We then go up to the roof. Uh, where Oscar has made it, uh, as well as Nia Jax. Lacey Evans was not too far behind. Nia Jax wipes out both Oscar and Lacey, and then climbs the ladder uh, before being interrupted by Nia, uh, by Oscar. Rather, uh, basically, these three ladies exchange taking turns trying to get up this ladder for a while. Right? Um, let's see. Uh, they take turns scrambling up the ladder. Oscar is nearly at the top, but is stopped by Baron Corbin. Um, for no reason. Like, for, for no reason. Like, like, Baron Corbin makes it up there, and he's like, no, don't get the briefcase. And I was like, why? Like, what do you have to do with this? What, right. what, what's your concern here? There's clearly another briefcase right above you. There's clearly a men's and women's briefcase. If you weren't such a dumbass, you could have let Asuka take her briefcase, and you could have clearly gotten the other one, and we would all go home. Yep. Right. This would have been fine. But no, you insisted on interrupting Asuka, which led to nothing. Yeah, she she slapped you, kicked you off the ladder, and then she got the briefcase anyway. Right. And you didn't. So there you go. How do you feel? <laughs> do you feel dumb? So Asuka wins the women's Money in the Bank briefcase. We get a cutaway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is awesome. Asuka deserves yeah. Money in the Bank, the women's Money in the Bank match. Yes, uh, go Asuka. Yeah. 100%. This will be quite intriguing. I, I I'd like to see where she's going to go with the briefcase. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cut away, and Otis is in the ring with one of the ladders that's just standing upright. We can only assume that it's the one that Oscar just climbed up. Uh, he tries to climb up the ladder, but it it breaks the first rung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Corbin attacks Otis. Otis fights back and hits uh. 
Corbin uh, with the worm and the jumping elbow. Um, Alistair Black then hits Otis with Black Mass. Alistair and Ray uh, Mysterio, who's now emerged in the match, uh, fight up the ladder. AJ Styles knocks both of them off the ladder. He basically does the, the tilt spot where tilts the ladder over. Both guys like fall into the ropes and then yeah. go out of the ring. Um, from there, Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black are met on the outside by Baron Corbin. <sighs> so there was this rumored spot going around all week long that somebody was going to get thrown off of a building. And at this point, Baron Corbin lifts up Rey Mysterio and literally throws him over the side of the building. Yep. Baron Corbin murdered Rey Mysterio. (laughs) Not only that, he then grabbed Aleister Black and proceeded to do the same thing. He, He threw Aleister Black over the side and murdered him. Now see, that's what I don't get. There's no reason for you to continue Baron Corbin. He's kind of a dead gimmick right now. He literally had the worst match at WrestleMania with, um, oh, what's his name? I want to call him Fabian, but his name's not Fabian. Uh, you know, uh, good old uh, Elias. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought his name was Fabian for a second. I apologize. I don't know either, but whatever. <laughs> um, so there's no reason for, Al- uh, for, for Alistair to get thrown over. He, you're actually pushing this guy, right? Like, last I checked, you really want this guy to go places. And yet you have Baron Corbin, of all people, throw him over the, the ring uh, or, or this building. Uh, why couldn't you just have, if you had to have Baron Corbin throw Rey Mysterio <laughs> and murder him, why couldn't you have Aleister Black counter Corbin and give him a black mass mm-hmm. and Corbin falls over the side of the building? Mm. That would have been a feel-good moment for everybody. True. Yeah. But not only did you really kind of hurt everybody else's feelings, you just really kind of shot yourselves in the face there by doing murdering a a superstar that you're currently trying to push. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, mm-hmm. so after Ray and Alistair Black were murdered by Baron Corbin, um, AJ Styles is seen racing up the ladder with Daniel Bryan. Otis and Corbin then counter them and interrupt uh, the situation. AJ Styles hits a phenomenal forearm on Otis, climbs up the ladder. Uh, Corbin uh, proceeds to chase. Both men are pulling down the briefcase. They both unlatch the briefcase and are pulling on it. Um, AJ, uh, basically, he, he's grabbing onto this, this briefcase, and we see Elias, who... Is also Fabian, if you yes, for continuity purposes here. <laughs> this is his first name, <laughs> Fabian, Fabian Elias. Elias. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Elias hits Corbin in the back with a guitar. Mm-hmm. So the worst feud of all possible uh, outcomes here will continue. Great. <laughs> Corbin gets knocked off the ladder by this guitar shot. AJ seemingly has possession of the briefcase, but then, I don't know, he kind of loses control? He kind of fumbles it? And then, as the briefcase gently drops through the air, it is caught by none other than Otis. Mm -hmm. Otis is your 2020 men's Money in the Bank winner. (laughs) 
Yes. And then the show goes to black. Yep. Goes to black. They don't say anything as if what we just watched didn't happen at all. Steven, what did you make of this match? (laughs) Okay. Now, I'm going to repeat myself. This is my opinion. If you liked it, awesome. I'm really happy for you. This is basically the inverse of the Boneyard match, where the Boneyard match is pretty much as good as it possibly could be. This is pretty much as bad as it possibly could be, in my opinion. Uh, It's full of red herrings, full of just miscellaneous things that go nowhere, uh, that don't make any sense. Uh, You you have the thing with... uh, you know, with AJ Styles and, and the and the weights. Roll the damn weights off of yourself, AJ. Okay. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not dumb. I, I'm not dumb. And anybody watching this is not dumb. So come on. Roll the weights off yourself. Uh you got Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio being thrown off of the roof. I am man, I can't wait to hear what they say about that. Uh you, you have this food fight halfway uh, in the middle of it, you have Dana Brooke uh, looking like she has no idea where she is, uh, it, just so that Stephanie can can make an appearance and have a slight comedy spot. Uh, you have the thing with AJ Styles going into the Undertaker room. Nothing ever comes of that. It just like happens, and then he shows up again. Uh, you have Baron Corbin in this match, which is bad enough already. And then you also have that spot right in the beginning that you talked about with Baron Corbin throwing that weight into the mirror, and then he looks at at it like something's going to happen, but then, holy crap, nothing happens. And there's so many spots in this match where they, like, set something up and then nothing happens. It It's... This match is nothing. Like, the, the only part that matters is the last two minutes, and, and the rest of it is just weird nonsensical bs sorry um to uh i guess diverge here from my colleague my esteemed colleague and uh, best friend here mr stephen grudy my heart (laughs) i found this to um look i i don't think that you can put this in a capsule of calling it a match even though it at its heart, it is a wrestling match. I don't. I really don't think it is. Um, as a piece of entertainment, I would say if you're a WWE fan or just a wrestling fan in general, uh, you will find this to be entertaining, right? Um, so, so in that regard, I, I give it. I, I give it like a, a solid B, right? A solid B, which is not bad, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are some things that really don't make sense. Um, especially the thing about, uh, Baron Corbin throwing Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof. It, um, I didn't mean for the giant to take the plunge, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense. You're pushing Aleister Black. Why throw him off the roof and murder him? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense here. If, if anything... You really need to give Baron Corbin, not Baron Corbin, uh, Alistair Black, some kind of measure of retribution against Baron Corbin. Like, that's the only thing that you can really do in this situation now. Um, 
And and who knows when that's going to happen? They're 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 on different shows. And Baron Corbin's in the middle of this feud with Elias, apparently. So, uh, apparently, um, it's just a really weird way to get rid of Alistair Black. It's a weird way to get rid of Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it is it is funny. This match is funny. It is a fun match. It's entertaining to watch. At several times, we kind of looked at each other and laughed at the whole entire event happening. Um, but, like, that's not a redeeming quality because we looked at each other and laughed and basically to the degree of, oh, my God, I can't believe they actually did that. And yes. not in a good way. Well, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of things that are quite stupid, right? Yes. Like, as a match, this is not great. As a piece of entertainment, it's pretty funny. It's pretty entertaining. I would give that a, I would give it a, a, a B just out of that courtesy alone. Um, but I understand the way that you feel about it being a match. If I was rating this as purely a match, this would probably be, yeah, a, a, a C, a C. Yeah. Um, but out of entertainment value alone, I, I got it. I, I It was a B. Yeah. It, like, I feel like one of the main things uh, about this match that really irks me is like, and I don't want to use the term insulting my intelligence because that makes me sound like <laughs> that that makes me sound elitist and I'm not trying to sound that way, but like the I don't know, man. Like I chuckled a few times in the match, but just from the absurdity of it. Not not from the, I wasn't like, man, that was a good joke. I was like you really like that really just happened. I there wasn't very many redeeming qualities of this match for me. Uh, like I said, I don't want to necessarily say it insulted my intelligence, but like the <laughs> spots with, with AJ Styles with the weights, like mm-hmm. it, it, it like angers me because it's like clearly he is not stuck, you know, like clearly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There, there's just so many spots uh, about the match where, it's just like if you even think about it for like two seconds, it doesn't make any sense, you know. And, and there's so many of those spots, like the food fight. Where did that come from? Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio getting thrown off. Where did that come from? It's there. There's so many things that just make zero sense. And then like the Dana Brooke thing, like was that supposed to be funny? I didn't. I didn't find it. Fun. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like which, I, which part with Dana Brooke? When when she got the the wrong briefcase. And then uh, Stephanie was like, hey, Dana, you know, that's not the right briefcase, right? Like, <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even know what they're going for there. Like, are you, are you actually trying to be funny? Cause I can't tell. I literally can't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just cheesy and stupid and random. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe those are some of the exact reasons why people love it, and that's awesome. Uh, but I really cannot get behind it. Mm. Well, then, uh, that concluded our Money in the Bank review for 2020. Steven, did you at least find this to be better than what it was last year's Money in the Bank with Brock Lesnar winning? <sighs> okay, so are we talking about the actual match itself or the result? Because the result this year is better. Yeah. The match itself is not better. 
Uh, last year's Money in the Bank match, if you guys forgot, was very, very good. It was. It was very good. Had that crazy spot with Finn Balor and Andrade do, doing the, the destroyer off the top of the ladder. That spot was insane. Oh, yeah, um, the the, uh, the uh, sunset powerbomb off the ladder. Whatever. There's like 17 names for that move. I can't No, No, they are different, Steven. <laughs> Finn was flat on his back, landed on the ladder. I'm messing. Yeah, he he would have murdered Finn had it been a destroyer. <laughs> true, true. Finn would be, at the very least, paralyzed. At the very least, yeah. yeah. But anyway, but yeah, that that match was great. Uh, the the result was dumb because Brock Lesnar came out at the very end and won the match. Um, the result this year is better. The match last year was better. So, hmm. well, in my opinion, personally. Well, there you go, folks. Some people love that Brock Lesnar won. But we don't talk to those people. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, um, overall, show was fine. Otis winning is quite interesting. I I would, I can't wait to see what they do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think it'll go Otis Braun, but maybe Otis will challenge Drew McIntyre. Who who knows? I think it'll probably be Otis Braun. Uh, personally. I think with Drew McIntyre, they're they're really just trying to keep him as like the top guy, doing like really, um, quote unquote, like serious uh, kind of storylines a little bit more. Whereas uh, with, with Otis having the briefcase, I'm assuming it's going to be uh, there's going to be some kind of like comedic aspect to it, um, which I don't think that they're going to want Drew to do mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, and, and Drew has shown. Uh, that he can do that kind of style, you know, like he he can be funny. That that's not a problem. It's just like right now, uh, with him just becoming the champion, you know, he hasn't been champion for that long. You want to show him as as the the strong like powerhouse. You, you don't want him to be the, you know, the the goof or or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Le goof. Le goof. Yeah. Well, there you go. But I, I don't know. It, like you said, it, it could be uh, Otis Drew. It, it definitely could. At the same time, who knows, man? Maybe Otis will hold it on, hold on to it for like nine months, and someone else will be champion at the time. Like we, that's the that is the beauty about Money in the Bank and, and the briefcase itself, and the, and the clause that comes with it. I mean, um, I, I know I've said in the past that like the Money in the Bank being every single year uh, is a little much. I, I think it takes away from the from what what makes that match special, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the same opinion as. Uh, on that as the uh, like elimination chamber extreme rules TLC blah 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 it it, it ruins the sanctity and like the <laughs> the, the bigness of the match um, fair enough yeah but I don't know it is a cool gimmick either way this is true we'll see what we'll see what Otis does with it and, and for that matter we'll see what Oscar does with it yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well on that note. Let's close out this episode of Headlock Talk with a good old round of, of course, if wishes were fishes. It's underwater. Yes, yes, yes. We're taking a deep dive down into, of course, if wishes were fishes. If this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, welcome. Hello. If you've been with us since the very beginning, welcome back. Also, hello. <laughs> um, if, if For those new... Uh, if you've not heard of If Wishes Were Fishes before, this is where Steven and I take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other grades them, indeed, in terms of fishes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Actual fish. Yes. 
So let's take a deep dive down here, Stephen. Uh, do you have a wish prepared for this week? I do. Oh, fantastic. I do. As do I. Perfect. Would you like me to go first or would you like to go sure. first? Go ahead. Hmm. Okay. So seeing as they've actually murdered Rey Mysterio, <laughs> um, th- they've been needing to find a quote-unquote new Rey Mysterio for quite some time now. Right. So um, I-, I think it's high time that we try and find a new person. Uh, they tried it with Sin Cara before. They've tried it. They're, they're currently trying to do it somewhat um, uh, still with, like, AAA and then, like, Umberto Carrillo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to, to kind of get that new Rey Mysterio going, right? Um, however, I think they really missed the boat with Sin Cara, just saying. They, they, well, with him, and they're currently missing the boat with Umberto Carrillo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to find the next great uh, Latin superstar... I think we should look no uh, no further than actually someone who just retired last night at UFC 249, uh, Mr. Henry Cejudo. Yes, you nailed that name. Oh, thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah, uh, Henry Cejudo uh, is a an Olympic gold medalist, like someone else, Kurt Angle. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's an Olympic gold medalist in in uh, wrestling, uh, Henry Cejudo. Um, let's see here. He is a, uh, let me see here. Gold medal in Beijing. Um, let me see here. Gold medal in the Pan American games in Rio de Janeiro in 2007. Uh, yeah, lots, uh, a pretty big stat sheet here. Mm. Um, uh, Henry Cejudo beat Demetrius Johnson, uh, for the flyweight champion, the UFC flyweight championship at UFC 227. And then he also uh, defeated uh, T.J. Dillashaw in a, a basically a dual title match here. Uh, I'm sorry, not dual title match, but he was challenging for the UFC bantamweight championship. Mm. So he 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 actually retired UFC at UFC 249 as a dual champion in two weight classes. Nice. So, so he's great. Um, That's awesome. Now he's not going to be. If you brought him in to WWE, he's not going to be. Um, a luchador, perhaps. Maybe he, maybe he'll get luchador training. I don't know, but I mean, if you want to use his real wrestling skills, I, I think he would be good as like a very small grappler who's extremely strong. Um, maybe, maybe you do put him through some luchador training. Maybe you get him some flashy moves, so he's like very well versed overall. Um, I think that would be great for him. Um, I think you could really push him as as, as a threat, uh, and, and you know whether it be the cruiserweight title or um, any other kinds of titles. I think Henry Cejudo would make a great professional wrestler, um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works with uh, with Rey Mysterio being murdered. Yeah, um, Henry Cejudo has a lot of charisma. Mm. Uh, I I think that this could be a a very a very interesting move. Mm. Right so, on. That's, so that's my wish. Henry Cejudo joins WWE. Yeah, I, I definitely like that wish. I mean, uh, WWE's had, uh, at, le- at least with Matt Riddle, has had a crazy, crazy good success with ex-UFC fighters. So uh, e- even if he's, you know, even half of what Matt Riddle is, uh, I would absolutely be down for that. Because they, they just, they bring this, uh, they bring this style, uh, I, I think, that a lot of people can't really emulate. Um, uh, specifically with Matt Riddle, I mean, he's obviously, you know, bro, right. Uh, 
uh, to a certain degree, you know, they're they're pulling their punches and things like that. But like Matt Riddle just makes it look so good that that he like it looks like he just decked that guy in the face and broke his jaw. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I would definitely be down for that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give you six goldfish ah. uh, to match his uh, gold medals. All that gold, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. very fitting, Stephen. Thank you for the fish. You're very welcome. That was a great wish. Oh, thank you. And for your wish? Yeah, for my wish. Um, my wish is that we never get a money in the bank like that again. Oh, man. Sorry. Just buried that thing. Sorry. Yeah. We, I, I know that we've been doing like these hot takes segment. This whole episode is really kind of a dedication to our hot takes yeah. about yeah. this show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is quite fitting. A fitting way to, to cap that off. Yes, this was, in our professional opinion, not a good show. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for something more positive, I mean, I can definitely recommend to you uh, Josh Robinson. Uh, Josh is always a very positive guy. It's true. He's going to have a lot of great things to say about this show. I know a lot of people found the the show to be fairly entertaining overall. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, you won't find that here. <laughs> yeah. we, we are being very critical of the show. I just, I just did not find this one to be as entertaining as WWE could have possibly made it. Um, yeah. I, I personally found the Money in the Bank match itself to be probably absolutely the most entertaining part of the show. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it was definitely the opening match. Uh, personally, that that tag team match w- was probably my favorite match on the card. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, like I, I want to sit here and, and say that, you know, that the match really wasn't as bad as I'm saying. Uh, but in, in my opinion, like there were, there was like two or three times where I was like, <laughs> and then other than that, <laughs> I, I was just like, just confused and uh, and annoyed throughout that match. Fair enough. So, Fair enough, man. Yeah. Well, um, for that wish, uh, I'm gonna give you six clownfish because man. They be clowning. They be clowning, (laughs) y'all. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. All righty. Well, before we uh, mosey on out of here, uh, it is again King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard Month here on Headlock Talk. Yes, indeed. So for album of the week, I've actually got three because, like I said last week, they... They'll be, uh, I guess, giving us their 16th official album later this month, uh, Chunky Shrapnel. I've already got on pre-order. What a great name. I'm so ready for this record. It's going to be a, a, their their first official live album. So excited for Very this. Very cool. Um, I was really hoping that I would get to see them on tour, and then uh, Corona Mania happened. Of course. And then I was like, ah, oh, spummer. The same thing happened to me with... Uh, Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah. Their concert technically got postponed to August 15th, but yeah. uh, I still think August 15th is wishful thinking. But It will be a little bit early, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've got three records here. Uh, first one here. Oh, what a killer cover. Yeah, this is uh, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Uh, uh, this album is uh, I Am In Your Mind Fuzz. Uh, the first five tracks here uh, really kind of blend together, um, and it's is really telling for, um, I, I guess, one of their albums that they'll be releasing later. Uh, they, they kind of just flow together in almost like this like psychedelic garage rock orchestra that kind of just moves five tracks into one t- ten-minute seamless long thought. Nice. The rest of the album is still very, very uniform and, and just really great. 
Um, so again, if you like psychedelic stuff, uh, this is very, very cool. Um, so again, that's uh, I'm in your mind, Fuzz. Dope uh, album cover. As it's Steven so put it. sick. Yeah, I, I really want to get it tattooed. To be oh, quite yeah. honest with you, yeah. um, there's there's another one that I'm gonna I'll, I'll show you guys here next week that I want to get tattooed as well. Oh snap! Um, next one here is actually uh, again King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard uh, quarters. This is the album that immediately followed this one here. Uh, quarters is an also an interesting concept uh, in that each song is 10 minutes and 10 seconds exactly. This is really probably the first time that King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard uh, make a departure uh, from their typical psychedelic garage rock sound and go into more of a prog rock jazz direction. Uh, so they, they that's right up my alley. Yeah, they get really kind of uh, they they really diversify here on this record. Like their first track on here, uh, "River," is a really really great song. Um, uh, but it, it it reminds me a lot of like uh, Santana a lot. Mm, okay. Uh, so so this this is pretty pretty great stuff here. Very cool. And then the last one here that I'm going to show you is uh, "King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard," "Paper Mache Dream Balloon." Um, this one here, again, is a departure from the previous two, um, which is, uh, it's actually all acoustic. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it's got a really chill vibe to it, man. It's got a really chill, uh, chill vibe. Really chill vibe, man. It's a really chill vibe, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I'm In Your Mind Fuzz was released in 2014, both Quarters and Paper Mache Dream Balloon released in 2015. Mm. So, there you go. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard Month. Three great albums for you to check out this week. And then, next week, I'm super duper excited. Mm. Uh, We're going to have... I'm going to talk about perhaps my favorite King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album. Nice. Looking forward to it. Mm. So... See, I one one thing about uh, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard that I like, uh, like they're they're not like one of my favorite bands necessarily. I don't like everything that they put out, but man, as a musician, as a musician, yeah, I can, I have to respect those guys. Like yeah. the the just the the sheer talent of having to like, well, not having to, but of changing genres so often and one still sounding like yourself but two still sounding like a great version of that genre yes those guys are so talented they man. they nail it every time yeah uh, which is it's quite impressive so again shout out to australia's own king gizzard and the lizard wizard i'll i'll talk to y'all about my favorite king gizzard and the lizard wizard album next week next mm. week mm. yes indeed um, so, uh, as far as Headlock Talk is concerned, hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk. That's where you find us. You can, you know, hit the follow button. I'll follow you back. We'll, we'll, we can talk about wrestling or you can be like, man, you guys went too hard in the paint about money in the bank. <laughs> I'll be like, you know what, dog? You might have a point. Yeah. Or I might be like, nah, dog, you wrong. Who knows? I probably won't say that. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll probably be nice. I mean... You're you're usually pretty polite, so I, I, I try to be, man. Yeah, I try to be, except yeah. like in the car rides. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, God, 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 God. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, hit us up on the twitters. I just put out uh for release tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we're gonna be dropping this uh 
this here first thing in the morning. So, yeah, check out this episode. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or more. You can find our link tree on the Twitter page, Mm -hmm. so you can subscribe. We've made it super-duper easy for you. Yes. Yeah. We always pin the newest episodes in a tweet on our front page, so that's how you find us. We would love for you guys to to subscribe. Uh, Best way to support Headlock Talk further I mean, if it's not too much, you don't have to go of your, go out of your way. But if you love the show, please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Wherever you can leave a rating and review. Mm-hmm. That's what helps us climb up those charts. Yes, indeed. We would like to be number one. We would. Yeah. We would like that. Dominate wrestling podcast. It's <laughs> good douche. All right. It's such good shit. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. If you are a business and you would like for us to advertise your products, mm-hmm, uh, you can hit us up at uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com. Again, it's headlocktalk at gmail.com. We would love to help you guys out. We'll plug your mattress. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> or or your razor blades. Or, you know, mm-hmm. hey, Manscaped, still waiting to hear from you. Yep. Yeah. Get at us. Yeah. Hit us up. You know, Blue Chew. Yeah. What? I'll talk to you about it later. You might be too young. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and then what else? Uh, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's man. Been... I'm too young for that, really. It, what is that? Is I'll... that like a? Yeah. It's, uh... You see, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Sometimes he he needs a little bit of help. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. He's got to, you know, get a little help from his friends mm-hmm. at Blue Chew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you now. There you go. Um, now we can wrap the show. Now that I'm with you. Yeah. 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 We're not, we're not together. No. But you're, but, but we're, we're, we syncop- are syncopated. Correct. We're, we are in the same room. We're on the same page. It, yes. In the same book. <laughs> in the same library. There you go. In the same city dig it i dig it too <laughs> anyway <laughs> um it's very late yo. yes it's quite late i gotta <laughs> i gotta get steven home um but anyway um next week we will not have a uh, a bonus episode i know i'm sorry we, we just won't we ran bonus episode <laughs> We ran out of time, mm-hmm. uh, but we will have the guys from United by Wrestling on the show uh, for a bonus episode. We'll be reviewing the uh, semifinals and finals of the G128 tournament from New Japan. Oh, <sighs> nice. I've missed New Japan so much. Yes, yes. Makes me sad thinking about it. Mm. But we get to revisit some New Japan, so I am very excited about there that. There you go. We've also uh, reached out to another special guest about doing another special episode. We're going to be doing a little bit of recording in advance because uh, the 23rd is uh, mine and Mrs. Headlock Talk's fifth year anniversary. <gasps> Aww. Yes, indeed. So I will be out of commission that weekend, but we will not leave you hanging. We will have some content for you. Yes. Um, anyway... Uh, this might be the longest outro we've ever done. Yeah. Well, let's go listen to some King Gizzard. What do you say? Let's do it. All righty. Well, you guys take care. Be safe out there. Know that we love you. Yes. We 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 promise. We tried not to go too hard on this show. And, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I went as exactly as hard as I wanted to. Fair enough, Steve. <laughs>
Anyway, you guys take care. Know that we love you. We'll see you on the flippity flop. Yes, thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you. Bye bye. Later. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.